T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What time is it? It's crowded time! Excuse me. Couldn't get to the cough button there in time. (laughs) Didn't notice. Uh, Did you just put on your Cubs World Series ring? (laughs) It feels good. And I know how much you hate the fact that I got a ring. Yeah, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest middle linebackers in Bears history indeed down here with Mike Singletary. Did you see Die Hard? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I did too. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Samurai. Down to Mark Grody. Hey, Cordero, can I get a couple minutes with you here, man? I ain't talking today, man. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's been kind of a devastating day for me with with, uh, Bubba and then the bird. So, Bubby. Bobby. And when the Patriots took a three-nothing no. lead, when I thought, they took no, a... no, 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 Les, the Bears were America's team. What are you talking about? The, no, they weren't. The no, they weren't. Yeah, everybody, sure they were. yeah, they were. Everybody, you weren't down there. I was. Mark Grody. Oh, here I am, unmuted. There it is. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Grody on six seventy. The score. Am I a bad person because of all the less stuff? I sometimes when I hear those opens and I hear the less playback it is hilarious and i am all for the station enjoying it and for that to be part of my identity but brian callahan am i a bad guy or do i just sell out at the expense of humor i do i do don't i i mean anytime we can promote good content we should so that's a good way to put it yeah so less you know as part of the station it's good content and if you're part of that it's it's good for all of us i think you're right that that's the answer i will not come i will not question how good or bad of a person i am for the rest of this show brian thank you thank you for setting me straight i am mark grody I am here with you until 9 o'clock tonight on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I am looking forward to it. I got a ton of Bears stuff for you. The show has kind of come together somewhat organically today. I was I was at House Hall all day today and uh, working with all of my colleagues from the other newspapers and uh, websites and radio stations and TV stations. And so I have a chance. If, I, if I'd like to have somebody on the radio, I could always request somebody. And uh, I did that for Pat Finley. Pat Finley will join me at 625 to talk about the Bears and, and the day at Hallis Hall today, which we both witnessed, but I always like his unique perspective on the news of the day for the Chicago Bears, which we will get to. I was strolling through my neighborhood here in Chicago, and uh, I ran into Scott Merkin, who, like everybody, Scott Merkin of MLB.com, who, like everybody right now, when they see me, they absolutely, I am not recognizable because 
I'm wearing a winter hat wherever I go, no matter what what's going on. I put on the winter hat because I don't want to be caught without it. Usually have the mask on, and I've been going super puffy coat. So people, when they see me, they don't recognize me until I take off like the first two layers. And it's like that's the way it was with Murky. It's like, oh, Crody, what's going on? We we were talking. I, we were both sharing notes from our respective beats about talking about the Bears. And then I said, hey, what what's what's the headlines with the Sox today? And he was giving me all sorts of good stuff. I said. You know what, Scott? Stop talking. Why don't you? Why don't you get yourself to the grocery store or wherever you're going right now? And then sometime tonight, why don't you call the score and you and I will talk about the Chicago White Sox? So that's that's what happened. Uh, the Merc will join me at seven twenty tonight to talk about your Chicago White Sox, and then uh, Jim Schwantz, who I had talked to about coming on, and then he um, he he. I didn't hear from him that he said he couldn't come on. And then he just texted me a little while ago and said, hey, if you still got room for me, I'll come on with you. So absolutely. Um, we will have Jim Schwantz on to talk about the Bears at 8 o'clock tonight. I got to tell you, I'm watching what the Cubs and Sox are doing, what they may or may not do. And based on that, I think that – Craig Kimbrell would be very good to go back to the Chicago Cubs. Why not? Why not? Other than what could be an expensive price tag once a few other teams figure out what their needs are, if they do need Craigers back with their team. If and I, I gotta tell you that this this start this thought process started with me and as it pertains to the White Sox, but I'll get to that. As I thought about it, though, we know what Craig Kimbrell does great, and that is, except for a blip with the Cubs and a blip with the Boston Red Sox, what he does really well is pitch in the ninth inning, closes games, and who knows what the Cubs are doing this year. I have no idea. The the Marcus Stroman acquisition or signing, I should say, is hot and heavy. I don't think it's been made official yet. If it is, uh, we will let you know. Brian Callahan grabbing a mic, ladies and gentlemen. What do you got there? Well, it looks like it may just be official. Okay. He is he is starting to tweet. Oh, uh, You ready to deal all year in front of that unbelievable Wrigley crowd, my bro? Let's get to work at Cubs. That was, okay. uh, yeah, he was quote tweeting uh, Albert Alzale over oh, there and okay. then uh, Chicago exclamation point at Cubs. So Stroman is a Cub. It, it is official okay. from the horse's mouth. Okay. All right. From that mouth, I guess it's really not official until we get the well, I could look at my email here uh, until we get the, the actual email from the team which in this case would be the the Chicago Cubs. So it's official, but maybe they haven't put the exact uh the 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 White Sox stationery has not been released as of yet and I'm actually scrolling and no, I do not see it yet. So it it's happening. So that that's your first little hey, you know what? The Cubs are starting the offseason better than they did last year when they traded their best pitcher in you Darvish last year. So this year they have at least added two pitchers to start off. Marcus Stroman, who will help, um, and Wade Miley, who I think can help. And then we could think less about Alec Mills and Justin Steele and even even Adbert Alzali, who I, I still I'm not convinced that he is a a starter or anything better than a four or five in Major League Baseball. But back to to Craig Kimbrell, if the Cubs are you know 
again, who knows what they're going to do the rest of the way and what they're going to patch together. But it, it obviously, I, I actually do think the Cubs need to make sure that they are a competitive baseball team this year based on how awful, how god-awful, embarrassing last year was, not to mention the the trades of the trio of, of core guys that was huge. You know, it's yourselves and your fan base to make sure you try to win this year. So what would be wrong with getting Craig Kimbrell back for a year? The Sox picked up the option. If the Sox so do decide to trade and work with the Cubs, what's the worst? The Cubs suck and you have Craig Kimbrell with another team in either league wanting his services, assuming that there is baseball at all. So I that just sort of came together. And you would have, obviously, you'd have – Cody Hoyer at the end of the bullpen. I don't even know who else is going to be left there. I'm sure the Wicks, two different Wicks, by the way. There's a Brad Wick. He's a lefty, spelled differently. I think he's the W-E-I-C-K. And then you have the Rowan of the Wicks, uh, the righty, who is the standard W-I-C-K, I do believe. Get your Wicks in a row. I did get there. There you go. Brian added the Wicks in a row. We could do this, uh, the Wick material all night. Uh, but so, the, hey, I think that's good. And honestly, before today, I was even thinking about it for the White Sox to keep that guy around. Because because you know now that you have signed Kendall Graveman, you have some other choices towards the, the end of the rotation. You know without a doubt that Liam Hendricks will be closing. Here's the thing about Craig Kimball. And maybe he does suck in other innings. Maybe he just can pitch in the ninth. But that would be bizarre that the most pressure-packed, intense inning, like, and you're not capable in the other innings. I understand some guys live on adrenaline. But I, as a pitcher, I think a lot less of Craig Kimball if he couldn't actually figure out pitching in other innings. So I think he's still capable of doing it. And I also think that it's not necessarily that. It's not necessarily that Craig Kimbrell can't pitch in other innings other than the ninth. He's just had this weird pattern lately where he can have a really sucky year like he did with the Cubs when it came to the Cubs and then return to brilliance. Like well, By the time his days with the Cubs were ending, Craig Kimbrell looked as good as he ever has in his career. So when he came to the organization, slumpy and bad, same to the White Sox. Didn't work out. That trade did not work out for the Chicago White Sox and Craig Kimbrell. However, he showed with the Cubs that he was not done. It was not over for him. So actually, Rick Hahn had a uh, press conference earlier oh. with some members of the media, and he okay. was specifically asked about oh. Craig Kimbrough. Oh, good. So uh, here is his response. Excellent. Made no secret about the fact that the how we used Craig last year didn't quite work uh, to anyone's benefit. And certainly there's a spot for him on this club going forward, but it's going to require us uh, modifying uh, potentially how that bullpen is deployed. Uh, alternatively, I know his name's been out there, a fair amount in trade rumors. So if there's a, a possible fit out there, you know, obviously it's our responsibility to pursue it. And we do feel we have a fairly strong pen uh, as it is built around the other guys right now. So we'll just have to wait and see how that unfolds over yeah. the coming months. Yeah, I don't think it would be a bad idea if the White Sox kept Craig Kimbrell and I think it'd be a really good idea if the Cubs sniffed around and see if the Sox would play ball with them to have Craig Kimbrell back. He, he, like, I just don't believe that a guy like that can't 
pitch in other innings. That's ridiculous. Like, I think that he would be able to, and I think he would probably be really good with the White Sox this year based on that his inability with the Cubs, new organization, and then got really good. I think the same thing could happen with the Chicago White Sox. And then again, it all falls into place. And the Sox were supposed to have, even before they locked it down or thought they had locked it down at the end of the season last year, the White Sox have and had, and you could stay, still have a damn good bullpen with, with Liam Hendricks, with now Kendall Graveman there, with Aaron Bummer, who had a weird year last year. Um, Garrett Crochet, another guy who was not great, but a lot of people still think that greatness is a potential for somebody like him. So I, I did not think I would be saying this, but Craig Kimbrell would still look good in either of the, the Chicago uniforms. 312-644-6767 is the, the number here at the score. I was so hot and heavy for Craig Kimbrell that I didn't even give out the number. But I am available, 312-644-6767, and that is the number to text the score as well, 312-644-6767. I am on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. I hang out on Instagram and Facebook as well. The thing about the Cubs, too, is in the process of figuring out what their plans are, like what their goal is for this year, which they're not going to probably tell us like what they would accept this year and what they would not accept this year. The Cubs, like as Prince, uh, as they are right now, they have so many questions about their evaluations about players that need to be decided on or continue to be developed. Like, is is Patrick Wisdom a player or not? Is he like was just la- is he a late developer? Did he just figure something out, or does he turn back into a pumpkin at the at the end of the day? Um, same thing for Frank Schwindel. Was all that just funning, or did Frank Schwindel is he your first baseman? Did he figure something out? Um, who else fits into that category? Um, I think we know it. Nico Horner. There's another one. Like, is Nico Horner good, or is he is he not? And maybe the biggest one of them all in terms of developing or evaluating your own players. You know, the biggest of them all is Ian Happ. Because Ian Happ had a bad year until he wasn't having a bad year. At the end of the year, he was hitting everything. Um, even his outs were loud. Like, it, did Ian Happ suddenly figure something out? So the Cubs got a ton of questions about their own players. So Brian, it looked like you wanted to say something there, buddy. No, no. I had just, a look. We had a, we had a, a couple of callers. People are already getting amped up about your talk on the on the Cubs and the Sox. All right, so. let me let me get to some of those. 312-644-6767. How about Kevin in Palatine? Hi, Kevin. You're on the score. Hey, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, man. How are you? Good. You, you, you started off great, and then you had to throw the uh, turd in the punch bowl. Oh, no. Nobody what's the turd? Nobody wants Kimbrel back. Nobody wants a $17 million stiff. You're not giving up one prospect for him. You already fleeced the great Rick Hahn. So you think he's a anything. stiff? You think he's a stiff for life? Like that's it? Craig Kimbrel sucks and he's never going to be good again? I think it's a, uh, I think it's a million dollar hood ornament on a $5 car. Wow. So Stroman's then how do you, how do you, years from, how do you account Stroman's for what he for did? Two years from now. How do you account What's for that? what Craig Kimbrel did with the Cubs though? Like, yeah, but think- I'm saying I'm not giving him $16 million. I'm oh, okay. certainly not helping out Rick Hahn, 
who decided to sit out the offseason. Okay. I know everyone's already given him 10 trophies. Guy's <laughs> done nothing. He sat out the offseason. Man buns not leading him to a World Series. <laughs> This is a great day. Cubs right. are moving forward. Socks oh. are staying the same. Oh. They, they won one playoff game. This is a great night. No Craig Kimbrell. He okay. Blows. All right, Kevin. Have a great thank, night. All right. Thank you. Wow. We haven't had one of those. That was a, you know what that was, Brian? That's classic, like 90 score right there. That's, that's love one team, hate the other. Loves the Cubs, hates the White Sox. That's all that was. That was great. I, that, was, that was pure haterade right there. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't don't infect my team with Craig Kimbrell for seventeen million dollars. No, don't do it. And maybe none of this matters because the lockout uh, coming soon. As a matter of fact, I think isn't that like to, when the when the clock strikes midnight? Midnight tonight. That in terms of uh, with the business and things, the the owners will have locked out the the players. So what you've been hearing about, it goes down tonight. Let's go to Chris in Evanston. Hi, Chris. You're on the score. Hey, good evening, guys. Good um, evening. I find it almost laughable, though, that you think the Cubs will have the potential to even be respectable next year. I'm not sure what you're basing that on because right now they really don't have a pitching staff to speak of. Um, they've now alienated Contreras by picking up Gomes. And I, I just don't – there's so many holes both offensively and defensively that, you know, if they were to even approach – 10 to 12 games under 500 that I think that would be a successful year. All right, Chris, thanks man. I got to I got to rush you a little bit, but I I will Chris, I uh did not say that the Cubs are going to be competitive. I said that they best be, that they should I will be expecting them to be and what and if they're not, I will be here to well, scold them, but I I think that the we don't know what the hell the Cubs are doing. That's just it. That I don't know what they're does does signing Marcus Stroman connote that they they are doing something serious with their pitching staff, or do they say we need somebody who is good who can fill up who can pitch a lot of innings for us, somebody who is credible beyond Kyle Hendricks? Let me know if they sign another starting pitcher. Then I'll get excited about Marcus Stroman or Wade Miley. For that matter, so no, I I got to tell you, I hope I didn't misrepresent myself. I don't think that the the Cubs have anything that looks competitive right now. And I said they they have questions to answer about their own players right now, and whether or not they're good or any of these guys that seemed like characters out of some other book, like Rafael Ortega and Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom and all these guys. I'm leaving out guys, I'm sure. Um, you know, there were a couple of bullpen guys that had some good times with the Cubs, and then all of a sudden they were they were gone. So they have so, Nick Madrigal. I don't know if he's a good player or not. Who knows? I mean, he he had some very nice moments with the White Sox. We know that he is a microcosm of what the the Cubs want to do, and that is make more contact at the plate. They don't not want to hit the ball over the wall, but making contact and less strikeouts and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know what the Jan Gomes thing is like if if that is anticipation of Wilson Contreras eventually leaving after this year um are is, is he going to be the starting I mean, Wilson Contreras is the better catcher I think and um is is definitely a more valuable asset as well so it is interesting but we shall see 
We need to take a break. We are going to get – we'll come back to baseball. That that was fun. That felt good. We'll come back to baseball later on. But let's talk about what went down at Hallis Hall today, and that includes the latest on Justin Fields. Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times will join me. I'm Mark Rohde here till 9 with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Is IR a possibility, or have you – and like you think you'll get him back soon? Yeah, I, I don't. I would say I don't think it is, but I hate to put anything 100%, but I, I don't think it is. It's Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about inside linebacker Rofon Smith. There's a hamstring injury. He did not practice today. Bears host Arizona on Sunday. I'm Mark Grody. I cover the Chicago Bears. I do the sidelines for the Chicago Bears. Patrick Finley covers the Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. I see him all the time, and I love to find out his insights on the hot Bears topics of the day. So let's talk to Patrick Finley. He joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's going on, Patrick? How are you, man? I thought you had me on to talk about Marcus Stroman. Come on. <laughs> hey, I'm getting crushed right now on the text line. Well, maybe crushed is a little bit overboard. But I, <laughs> I am suggesting to Cubs and Sox fans that Craig Kimbrell would fit really well in either of their bullpens this year because you know Kimbrell's not going to suck like he did last year. I bet he'd be good in a in a different inning for the Sox. And he was great with the Cubs. And if, if he came to the Cubs and the Cubs sucked, then they, they got somebody that they could trade at the trade deadline, right, Patrick? Right? <laughs> sure, why not, Grady? I don't want to get I don't want to get crushed in the in the comments, so I'll just go along with it. I'll take the hit. Don't worry. You and I, we you, you and I, we talk about the Bears, and let's do that right now. Were you surprised to see Justin Fields practicing today, albeit limited? Yeah, I was surprised that he looked as good as he did in the very, 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 very brief time. Yes, that we are allowed out there. There were a couple of instances in which he threw on the run with his body torqued, that's the right word, torqued at at an awkward angle, and the ball was coming out pretty well. Uh, I thought, listening to Matt Nagy before practice, that this was a little bit of a shell game. This was a little bit of, well, technically Justin's limited, but he's just going to kind of walk around practice with a football under his arm, and we'll give the Cardinals something to worry about. Um, But he was more active uh, like I said, in the very limited time we were out there, he looked better than I thought he would. I agree. And, you know, here's another reason, Patrick, that I think it's possible that Justin Fields plays on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals because if it really is up to Justin Fields' pain tolerance, and Matt, you and I know, know Matt Nagy loves to tell you how tough all of his players are, but especially his quarterback. And I don't know if that's his subliminal messaging to Justin Fields, like you got to be tough or or not, but I would think if it, if he had some say, did Fields, there's no way you're going to keep him off the field on Sunday. Yeah, this is the old protect him from, his, from himself. Yeah. Situation and, and, and Matt Nagy has referenced this enough that, that you think that the, the organization knows that Justin's a tough guy and that he's probably going to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, you know, over the years, you learn how to translate what each individual player tells you injury-wise. And with Justin, I think they're probably just learning that. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I would hesitate to start him 
unless you were pretty confident that he could be himself. Mm -hmm. Because Justin Fields, without the element of running, uh, is a different quarterback. Justin Fields playing against a really good football team and having an opportunity to probably get put on his back a couple of times by a pass rush is probably not a good thing. Uh, so I would have to be pretty convinced uh, that he, you know, that he was, you know, probably not 100 percent, but maybe 90 percent of himself uh, to run him out there. And if not, I'd, I'd hold back for another week. I think we're at the point in the season where, you know, they're probably not going to be playing in the postseason. So uh, <laughs> you treat this thing as cautiously as you can. I didn't notice him having any extra padding on out there in the little blink that we had. Did you? I, I didn't. Uh, there was a little, you know, if anything, it would be a little flak jacket on. Uh, he had a hooded sweatshirt on underneath his jersey, and so the little kangaroo pouch, is that the right the yeah, right terminology? I, I, for I don't know, but I like it. I like it. I'm going to go kangaroo pouch. Uh, I think it was underneath his jersey, so if there was a protrusion, uh, maybe it was the pouch, maybe it was uh, some extra padding, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, the quarterback the quarterback doesn't get hit in these practices. Well, well anyway. right, that's true, but you may, they may want him to get comfortable being uncomfortable or something like, like that. Exactly. Wow, I just said exactly. something that Matt Nagy would say, wasn't it? Mm. Get comfortable being that's uncomfortable, real. you know? That's, that's real, Grody. Yep. Grody, that's real right oh, there. That's I, real. I, he, <laughs> Yes, he actually may have said that at some point in time. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it's def, it is it is arrow up. It feels like with Fields, and I, he wasn't wincing or anything like that. So we'll move on from Justin Fields for now. He was limited on the official uh, practice report today. And by the way, Andy Dalton was taking first team reps because maybe if the game would be today, he would be the starter with Andy Dalton. But this is a a fluid situation. He talked about Tevin Jenkins today, and we, you know we we ask about. Tevin Jenkins as much as we possibly can but he for the first time he kind of like when we asked you know since the injury what side he's going to play on he seemed to lean left left tackle I guess that makes sense right Patrick ideally you would want Tevin Jenkins to be your left tackle do you see it that way you want him to be your left tackle in 2022 I don't know what the heck you want him to be in 2021 because, you know, Jason Peters isn't going to be on your team next year. He's 39 right now. And, you know, I think he's done a pretty good job, actually. I don't know whether you can bench him for Tevin Jenkins in the next two or three weeks. I just, if you're not sure that Jenkins can do his job, I mean, you run the risk of, you know, sending your, you know, your, your franchise hopeful quarterback you know, of him getting hit and, you know, drilled in the next week if, if you have a mistake at left tackle. And, my God, would it not be just the ultimate Bears disaster? Oh, my if God. If they played Jenkins and Jenkins got beat and the field somehow got blindsided and hurt. I, I think – but um, here, here's the good news, Pat. I, the Bear, I, I think the Bears will put him back on IR before they would activate him – and thinking that there, that he could do anything less than come in and play and protect the court. If they don't think he could protect any quarterback, whoever's behind him, why would they even bother to activate him this year? Because the roster rules are fluid enough now that you can kind of fudge uh, your game day roster a little bit by promoting guys from the practice squad. So, you know, I think he's going to be put on the 53-man. What is that on Monday? Well, yeah, That's yeah. The deadline yep. for them to do that. And then, you know, if for no other reason, then maybe you give him the experience of suiting up on game day and just getting his mind right for a game. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played a game in a year. Remember, he walked away from Oklahoma State because of the coronavirus stuff, uh, you know, in November, I want to say. 
Um, and, you know, maybe he plays a little special teams, you know, maybe, you know, PHE and, and field goal block for, you know, for a week or two yeah, and maybe gradually bring him back. Okay. You know, the challenge with the whole thing, Grody, and, and you know this, is that when they brought him back, they said, yeah, we want to get him some work in practice. And then you look at the practices they've held. Last week, practices didn't happen. They were, they were, they were walkthroughs. They didn't learn anything about Tevin Jenkins last week. Um, and, you know, the week before that and this week, they have one padded practice. And, you know, you, you know we've all seen their injury report. These, these padded practices aren't very intense. They can't be. So I, I don't know what exactly you learn from him in practice um, the rest of the season just because, you know, all those reps that he missed in training camp and early in the season are out the window and replaced by things that are, I don't want to say mental reps because that's another coach speak thing, but replaced by something that does not necessarily test you physically the way that it would have in August. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's it's so much about this team, as I hate saying this, and Bear, but Bears fans know it, so much about this team is about day one of training camp next year because that that's when we'll see – from start to finish, Justin Fields. From start to finish, hopefully some you know agreeable configuration of the offensive line. And while there is hope for this season still via wins and via math, it is isn't it about day one of training camp next year, Patrick? I don't know anybody who doesn't get a paycheck from the team that thinks there's hope for this season. Right, <laughs> it would right, be. Right. I mean, it, I mean, it would be, I mean, you know, players and coaches should believe that's what they're paid to do, but you know, everybody else, you know, I mean, what do they need to, to have a chance to play off five and one in their final six games? And, you know, congratulations. You get to play the number one seed in the NFC Cardinals followed by the number two seed in the NFC Packers, uh-huh. and then the Vikings twice. And, you know, maybe you get lucky. I mean, <laughs> the Seahawks and Giants are a lot less intimidating today than they seem to be two months ago. But, man, that is not the path to the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, the thing everybody should be focused on right now, whether you're at the game or watching on TV, is who on this team is going to be part of their next good team. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's Justin Fields. That is if they are lucky, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. That is maybe David Montgomery. That's definitely Darnell Mooney. Probably Cole Komet. Jail Johnson. Uh, Are you yeah, just talking yeah, offense? Jaylen, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And then on defense, Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith, probably Khalil Mack, probably Robert Quinn. Um, is that it? Am I missing anybody? I mean, that's, you know, uh, you know, the rest of the season should be trying to see whether there's somebody else who can emerge uh, in that role. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's, it, it's tough. It, they're, I, I feel like they're caught kind of in between where you know they had this mandate to win now and acted accordingly but that really does uh limit you know kind of the you know whatever sort of future play uh they can you know uh, you know they can look at for the next six weeks yeah eddie jackson here next year he's here next year right you didn't mention yeah eddie jackson. yeah probably eddie jackson. okay yeah. okay okay um one one of those guys one of those core guys jalen johnson spoke tonight or earlier today this is my last question for you patrick um 
and he talked about the the you know going up against Kyler Murray. He also talked about that he was just kind of amused by all of the ongoings from last week. As for all of those things, with reports of Matt Nagy's job and being fired uh, after Thanksgiving, uh, George McCaskey telling Matt Nagy to start Justin Fields. What are you left with with all of that? Is that just to put it away? That was a crazy week, and we move forward now. Or what are you left with after all of that here now on a Wednesday of the next week? Well, if you don't want to mess like that, don't lose to the Ravens' backup quarterback. I mean, I mean, that's the first thing I get back to is, is, is that, you know, why did this come up? You know, the report, which was not true, um, the, the report that he would be fired, the, reason, the only reason it had legs is because on some level it was believable. Because <laughs> yeah. when they walked yeah. off the field against the Ravens, you sat there and went, I don't think they're going to get much lower than this. You know, and you know, we, all, we all know what happened, which is their defense just, let the Ravens backup quarterback march them down the field and win the game. Um, I don't know that, I mean, you're not going to get rid of that unless you start winning games. Um, in terms of the George McCaskey stuff, I, I hesitate to believe that that was the case. I, you know, George McCaskey has spent his adult life telling people that he doesn't meddle in football decisions. To me, it wouldn't make a lot of sense uh, if he, if he all of a sudden changed his mind and started meddling, um, you know, uh, and Matt Nagy went out of his way to try to shoot that thing down the other day. But just in terms of the vibe here, you know, they needed a win even at the buzzer against the worst team in football just to take a little bit of the heat off. You know, I don't think anybody's going to be outraged if they lose to the Cardinals unless they lose by 30. Uh, but, man, you've got that Packers game coming up, you know, after that. And, you know, to me the next big question for the Bears is the McCaskies take this Packers thing really seriously. Oh, yeah. And if they if there's a if the Bears put together a comically bad performance against the Packers, you know, can you combine that with the new NFL rule that says you can interview assistants in the final two weeks of the season? Mm-hmm. Can you use those two facts and put them together and justify uh, firing Matt Nagy before the season ends? Uh, yeah, I think they'd rather not if they can avoid it, but but uh, that might be what it takes. Yeah, and and again, that would be dramatic. And you know, there there's sort of this prideful thing that the Bears have that they've never fired a coach in season. But if they were to again send that message to their fan base, make a statement of their own by doing that, and I hate to see anybody get fired. And we all like Matt Nagy, like up there at at Hallis Hall, but it could that seems like it would be a good dramatic thing to do for your fan base. No. <laughs> Yeah, it would. I mean, the question then becomes, does that mean that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are not connected at the hip? I have not. I mean, (laughs) I think the Justin Fields, I think the Justin Fields trade was smart. I think that when you look at the quarterback class in this year's draft, uh, man, I'd rather have Justin Fields than any of those guys. So I give Ryan Pace credit for moving up to get him. Beyond that, I'm not sure Ryan Pace has done anything to distance himself from Matt Nagy. Um, And if you fire Nagy during the season, but Ryan Pace stays, uh, I, I don't know what that tells your fans. And, I mean, you might be making yeah. a statement with the coach, but mm-hmm. it, but if you're telling the fans the GM is fine, but the coach is not, I don't know what I I, I don't know how <laughs> most Bears fans will take that. Patrick, thank you, my friend. I will see you uh, bright and early tomorrow for the coordinators. Coordinators Day tomorrow. So looking forward to it, man. Christ- Chris Tabor, 1055. Be there or be fine. Always something interesting with that guy, right? Whether he's the interim head coach or if he's the first to answer about rumors. So you got to be there. You got to be there, man. 
Yeah, he's. Yeah, I'm sure he's thrilled to just get punt return questions this week. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he will be. Yes, he will be. Thanks, man. Sure. There goes Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times talking Bears with him. Yeah, tomorrow is is a Thursday, so for your standard week, it is the coordinators. Chris Tabor is always up first. Then it's Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, and then just a parade of players that come through. And it's it's usually pretty random. Um, maybe if there's if speaking of dramatic, if maybe we find out that Justin Fields is okay, good to go, and he comes to the po- no, I don't think that's going to happen. We'll probably hear from one of the quarterbacks on. Friday, and that will be the tell, and we should know by then Friday who the starting quarterback will be for the Bears this Sunday when Arizona is at Soldier Field. When we return, just enough time for me. I actually have a theory on what happened with Matt Nagy, the report that Hub Arkish had and stands by that it was George McCaskey's decision to have the have uh, Justin Fields take over as the as QB one. For the Bears, Matt Nagy said unsolicited, you know, without anybody asking him a question, that that report is ridiculous and that he made the decision or that, you know, all of us do, you know, collaboration. So I I actually have a theory on what might have happened where both parties are kind of are kind of right. That is coming up next. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Total picture has the dynamic been a little more challenging than maybe you would have thought in March or, or May or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Is it just no? Because I don't think you know what you don't know what's going to happen when you have a plan and you set the plan and, and you knew what that plan was. Um, and again, like that goes to that, that goes to the report that was out there, right? About uh, uh, there was a report out there that that George made the decision to start uh, to start Justin. That you know, there's been some false stuff going on. That that couldn't be further from the tru- furthest from the truth. I got a theory on what happened there. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. That was Matt Nagy refuting a report which originated with the score's very own Hub Arkish. And Hub Arkish's report was that it was the Bears chairman of the board, the Bears owner, George McCaskey, who told Bears head coach Matt Nagy that he now has to start Justin Fields and bench Andy Dalton. So you Nagy up there saying, uh uh-uh, uh, that that is not true. Um, you know, Hub Hub obviously knows a lot and I think I trust Hub sources and I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the score regularly do too. You know what kind of reporter Hub Arkish is. Here's what I think happened. Seriously, I think that you know we talk about collaboration as a punchline, but that is the way the Bears do business in terms of decisions like really big franchise decisions. Collaboration is okay. A big a big franchise decision would be, what are you doing with Justin Fields? The initial plan was to sit him out, let him watch, let him learn, and that was the, the Matt Nagy idea. I think that there came a time when there were probably a lot of voices in the room, and I believe that one of the voices in the room was George McCaskey, whose vote was, I'd like to see him play. Not necessarily, you have to make him play. I, I don't think that that's what happened, but I do think that when a boss and a boss at that level <laughs> makes a suggestion or has a vote, you probably should go with that. And maybe that got twisted around as, 
you know, George McCaskey wants him to start, and Matt Nagy will, you know, listen to everybody. But, you know, hey, maybe it's in my best interest, since my job might be on the line, that I the vote that came from McCaskey, maybe that's the best way to go. Maybe that's the best direction. Yeah, it's like here. If, if Mitch Rosen suggests something, uh, you're going to kind of take that as a... Uh, gospel you should do that well here's what mitch rosen does who is the the fine program director of 670 the score here's what mitch does mitch does this feel free he'll say feel free to replay the gary fensick interview tonight if you want feel free to play this sound or that sound feel free to have so-and-so on the radio tonight that means yeah go ahead and do it feel free feel free Feel free to start Justin Fields. <laughs> Feel free. So I do think I you're right, man. You are right, Brian. Like when when Mitch does that, we all have to really he sends a story out, you know. You you, you may want to look at it and say, yeah, if the boss is interested, maybe maybe I maybe I humor him just to humor him, uh, which I'm sure he doesn't want to hear, but that's that's the way it works. You know, if it's your boss, you got to humor your boss because he's your boss. If you respect your boss, you got to humor him. And I think that that's maybe in a very truncated, oversimplified description that I just made, maybe that's what it is with with George McCaskey because I also can't see like I didn't have a pro like if he meddled on that if that's what he did like and we want to use the terminology meddling that's fine I think that's fine like if if he started meddling on who the who the nickelback should be and who the who the backup safety is and who your gunner like if if he started doing that that that's that's a meddling issue but I I think that this is in this case that would be the boss being the boss and saying you know what just like the entire fan base, like 98% of the fan base, I too would like to see that guy start at quarterback. Your use of the term meddling just really made me wish I had the drop for, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't well, for you meddling, meddling kids. kids. Yep. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Man, we are in sync, Brian Callen. I got to tell you. Um, so it will be, it, you know, it. It'll be interesting to see what happens and how it really went down, but I do think that that's a real... I do not have any knowledge of what happened. It's just what's going through my brain on what happened there. When you have credible people on both sides denying it, whether it is Matt Nagy, whether it is Hubarkish, whether it is George McCaskey, right? All credible parts, and nobody has given anything up, then something... You have to imagine something happened, something happened, and that's exactly what I came up for all that. Because, again, with the with the meddling thing, like, that is not George McCaskey's game. I have, you know, from when he is public, I observe how he does business, and it is not meddling. It is not getting in people's faces. It is running the organization from, from head to toe. So it, it is not... Who is going to be the outside linebacker when with Khalil Mack out? Is it is it going to be Travis Gibson? Is it going to be Travis Gibson? Whatever happened to James Waters anyway? I, that that's the kind of meddling that that cannot um, be had. But uh, yeah, I I think it's it's interesting to think about these things and where it is now. Um, you know, Jalen Johnson was the only one today talking about that and he was matter of fact I don't know Brian do we have that I know I sent a bunch of the the Jalen Johnson 
talking about like his perspective on everything that went down last week because it's slightly different from what what you were hearing. Here, here's Jalen Johnson on on like now that we have perspective on what happened. Honestly, I think it's funny. I mean, at the end of the day, that noise is noise, and I mean, I feel like that's your guys' job more so than my job is to worry about and what's going on outside of the football fields. So, I mean. For me, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I don't think any other guys were too worried about it. I mean, of course, it was a topic of conversation, but I don't think anybody was over the edge in any type of sort like that. So, I mean, just really being able to focus in. I mean, we got bigger things to worry about if we're worried about outside noises after a five-game losing streak. I, I think there was a thousand different perspectives in the in the Bears locker room when all that's going on because with with any situation, there are going to be people who don't like the boss. So they're probably like, oh, okay, interesting. There are people who like the boss, and they will be like, oh, that sucks. What's it going to mean for me? What's going to happen with the next guy? I've got it pretty good here. So I think that all those things are going on. And then there's also the Jalen Johnson who was just sort of amused by everything that was going on. And can you believe this stuff? Because he's right. It is, it is not stuff that somebody like Jalen Johnson has to worry about or care about or think about but you're damn right he's on twitter and instagram and he's following it all how could he not be unless they go out of their way to you can't avoid ignore it. it you cannot ignore it it's just it's right there. right it's there so it, the, the stock answers is, is to say and and jalen gave some of that stock answer the stock answer is look we're not worried about all that kind of stuff we're worried about taking on detroit which was last week now we're worried about arizona so the, it is all the same like the bears locker room has all all the same perspectives on their head coach that you would have on your boss in at your company that you would be thinking whether you like your boss or you don't like your boss could you hear that that's crazy that's unbelievable oh do we need to get out in front of it do we need to support the boss if am i going over the boss's head if i do something like that so it, it really this is one time where you can comp your business to a professional athletic um, franchise <laughs> like it act there actually is a parallel if you thought your boss's job was on the line there's going to be all the same talking going on at your job that is going on in the locker room so think about what would be talked about with you and and your co-workers that's what's being talked about right now in in the bears locker room 312-644-6767 is the number when we return Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls a little bit. We're going to do two things. The Bulls are at the Knicks on Thursday, and the Bulls are, yeah, you know, they're they're in a, they're in good shape, as as we all know. When we come back, let's talk about the Bulls, and we'll get to know um, our producer a little bit better, Brian Callahan, producing tonight. He is a big Bulls guy. He was at the Bulls game with a bunch of score producers, which just sounds wild, man. Um, so we will get to know Brian a little bit, and we'll talk about the Bulls. Um, we've got more Bears right around the corner as well. We're going to have Jim Schwantz on at 8 o'clock and White Sox talk with Scott Merkin at 725. But next, some Bulls. Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.